Hello, and welcome to Leading the Way. This is Kevin Robinson Jr., and I'll be your host in this podcast series where we discuss leadership and culture building with leaders in our Mount St. Mary's University athletics community. Home to over 450 Division I student-athletes and 22 Division I athletic programs, the Mount strives to develop ethical leaders who lead lives of significance. Welcome to Leading the Way with Mount St. Mary's University's Athletic Department personnel. Today, we are blessed to have our head strength and conditioning coach for Mount St. Mary's Athletics, Joe Sharp, in the building with us today. Joe, what's up, man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, this is a podcast where we're going to be discussing leadership and culture building within Mount St. Mary's Athletics. And, you know, I think you are a perfect person to, to bring on and help us kind of work through some of those things because you get to work with every program, which is incredible. I mean, 24 athletic programs, uh, close to 600 student athletes. Like, you know, before we dive into your journey, let's talk a little bit about that. How stressed do you get like <laughs> working with all those working with all that in one weight room? You know, uh, you know, for trying to fit that in, you know, in sixteen hour days. Yeah, it, it is tough. Uh, I'm blessed with a great staff. I have great assistants right now, uh, and they're really handling a lot of that load. So they take a lot off of my mind. Uh, they do an awesome job, you know, with the teams that they have. Uh, since COVID started, we've had a, you know a tough time. It's it's just shuffling around trying to keep athletes safe. We've had to, uh, you know, decrease the number of athletes we can have in our weight room, and that's been tough. But now that you know we're kind of on the tail end of that, we've gotten to get rid of some of the, our restrictions. You know, with COVID, it's it's gotten back to normal. We have a full staff right now, and um, yeah, it can it can be tough at times. So the weight room is rolling from six a.m. to ten p.m. We have people training. I mean, and that just speaks to the volumes to, to what you and your staff do. And, you know, because look, last year was probably one of the most successful years we've had in Division One athletics at Mount St. Mary's with five teams representing uh, Mount St. Mary's in the NCAA uh, tournaments. And, you know, we got. You know, men's and women's basketball this year are fighting for some top seeds in the NECs. You got women's lacrosse, you know, pick number one. Men's lacrosse just had a big upset over Navy, and a lot of our other athletic programs are performing at a high level. For you to be able to, you know, work within those you know tough parameters and help those student athletes achieve that success is is admirable, man. It's it's a big shout out to you and your crew and what you guys are doing in the weight room. I appreciate that. Yeah. So so let's talk. Let's rewind it a little bit back. Rewind it back a little bit. How did you get started in strength and conditioning? I mean, I, you know, I know you were a student athlete in, in college, but how did you, you know, get to Mount St. Mary's and find that in, in the strength and conditioning field? Sure. <clears throat> so I got my start uh, uh, playing football at Frostburg. Okay. Uh, at the time, it was a Division three, and we did not have a strength coach when I first got there. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do as, as a profession, so I just went in undecided, took a bunch of different classes, knew I loved lifting. And my sophomore year, we got a strength coach, Glenn Kane, who's now at Rutgers. And um, I thought, wow, you can do this for a living? I had no idea. And right then I knew you know, that's what I wanted to do uh, as a career. So basically set, put all my eggs in that basket, Went to uh, to grad school at Texas uh, and got my master's down there. And then uh, one day I was just stumbling along and there was an empty office at the Mount. So I just kind of sat down and no one's kicked me out since. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we were kind of wondering who that big guy was over in the corner. Like, what what does he do? Like, he looks like he knows what strength and conditioning is all about. We'll keep him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I our former strength coach, uh, Brendan O'Leary, uh, uh 
I worked with him at Texas. Okay. So I saw that they had an opening here and uh, this is home for me. You know, I, I grew up in Southern Maryland. So any, any chance to get back here, um, it was big. And, uh, you know, working with him was great. Uh, started as an assistant and then two years ago got moved up to the head position. Now, you know, I, I think a lot of people kind of have a cursory understanding of what strength and conditioning is. You know, we're lifting weights, we're, we're running a little bit, but I don't think they really understand the science behind it. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how much time you spend putting together workouts for the different individual programs, individual athletes? Like, you know, what is that What is that science behind the strength and conditioning that, that goes into what you do? Sure, yeah. I mean, my role is to get uh, – athletes physically ready for competition and the main thing that we look at is injury prevention so that's kind of what differs us uh from just working out is we have a clear goal and and what we do is we are training for that one goal which is to get ready for competition and it is different from sport to sport from athlete to athlete you know every athlete's going to have a, a, a pre-existing conditions on on injuries and things like that different sports are going to have different requirements both you know specific injuries that they have they're also going to have different requirements for success in the sport so all of our programs are tailored towards success in that sport so you get a sport like basketball you have to be powerful you have to be able to change direction you also have to be in shape in condition um, so a lot of those elements are going to go into training for that sport, whereas another sport conditioning may not be as big of an emphasis on that sport. So we look at more the strength and balance side of it. Right. Because, I mean, you're going from, like you said, men's and women's basketball, you know, men's and women's across to, to bowling, golf, sure. you know, like, you know, sports that don't require that heavy power lifting, but they still have their strengths that they have to, to develop and to hone. So, you know, finding that balance and how you work with all the whole range of uh, teams. Sure. Sure. And that's basically what we do. We look at the, the elements of success for the sport and then we train for that. And we look at common injuries and we, and then we train to reduce those injuries. Now, talk to me about like preseason, in season, post season, like how do you tailor your workouts for those specific periods, summertime? Like, you know, how are you working those type of things? Sure. I mean, year round we're working. So year round, we're always, there's something we can improve. A lot of people, you you know, they get in their head, though, like I would call it the old school model or the old way of thought would be, you know, high volume, heavy work in your off season. Then you try to just maintain in season. But we do what's called periodizing our program where in the off season, we may work strength and we may work work capacity and conditioning. And then in season, we can peak our power and speed so we can still get good training in. Uh, and we can still improve just different parameters that aren't going to fatigue us as much so that we're ready for games. Gotcha. No, that's awesome. Now, on the outside the physical aspect of it, talk about the mental aspect of it. You know, we, we really hone in on leadership uh, in, in this podcast and just in our athletic development or athletic department in general. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about how you develop leaders through your strength and conditioning programs. Sure. Um, you know, Leadership just basically, as I define it, is basically the ability to influence people. So if I can influence the actions of other people, that makes me a leader. So every team is naturally going to have a social leader or a, a group that is, um, you know, leading the team socially, the popular kids, you know, whatever it may be. So what we look to do is 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 train those kids to be also sport leaders. So if you can take uh, a kid that's that's popular amongst his peers and they have a great work ethic and great drive and that's that becomes the culture of the team is it's popular to work hard it's popular to put forth great effort then you've got a real good recipe for success 
Oh, that, that's awesome. And so how do you work with the coaches on that? Like, Because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of communication back and forth between you and our 16 coaches about, hey, so-and-so's, you know, we, we see that them, they're developing some leadership qualities, but you could be like, well, in the weight room, they're just quiet. They're not working. Like, you know, how do you, how do you work with the coaches in, you know, determining that? Yeah. So I basically tell every coach it's uh, my way or the highway. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that that is one of the unique aspects, as you mentioned before. We work with a lot of different coaches, and and you know, even as a head strength coach, I am an assistant coach on on every staff that I work with. So uh, it, it is a challenge, you know, working with different coaches. They all have different priorities and, and different ways that they want to build that culture. Um, but mainly, what we do in terms of leadership and and student leadership is is identify those characters that they want as leaders, and then I look to give them. More of a role, you know, in my role as strength and conditioning, you know, that can be things like leading warmups or, or, or leading team stretching at the end, putting them in a position where they can have more of a direct impact as a leader on the team. No, that's awesome. I want to continue along this uh, with this conversation and also dive into a little bit of the culture building that you do to help these programs. Uh, but we're going to pause right here and take a little and hear from our sponsors real quick. The team behind our team is our dedicated Mount fans. Please visit mountathletics.com to check the schedules of your favorite teams and to learn more about our great student athletes. Go Mount! Welcome back to Leading the Way, and we're here with head strength and conditioning coach Joe Sharp. And that, when we went to break, we were talking about uh, developing leaders uh, through your strength and conditioning program. I want to take that a step further and talk about how you help the cultures of each of the athletic programs uh, that you work with. How, how do you help those coaches develop cultures within their programs? Because I think every every coach, as we talked about, is going to have different standards, different expectations, different core values. So how are you able to help apply those during your during the time you're working with the student athletes in the strength and conditioning piece yeah sure that's a great question and and it is a, a unique experience because we have you know uh, a, a plethora of different coaches that are looking at, at different things and and the main thing is identifying it so a lot of teams will pick you know one two or three words that they'll use to define the culture that they're trying to create and one of the things we do as strength coaches we really try to echo what the team is saying so you know if if it's total effort if it's if it's um you know, service, whatever the discipline, the discipline. communication, all that yep, stuff. Yep. So we'll, we'll try to hone in on those characteristics that they're really looking at. And then we'll apply that to our program. So there's certain rules that we'll have, like, uh, you know, being on time is a universal rule. So every team is going to have to be on time in the weight room. And then there's certain safety rules, like no horse play and things like that in the, in the weight room. But then it's really up to the coach to determine what the, the culture of the team or what the vibe of the team, you know, as the kids say these days <laughs> is. So it could be a laid back atmosphere. It could be, you know, no, I want them, you know, everything we do, I want us to give total effort no matter what. I want us to to work from, you know, the time we get in there till the time we leave. It, they could say, you know, I want it to be a fun environment. I want to have a little bit more laid back and have people, you know, uh, buy in a little bit more, you know, in, in that regard. So it's really just trying to figure out what, what the coaches deem as. Now, and that's great. Now, what's your philosophy on it? Like when it comes to strength and conditioning, when it comes to coming in the weight room, what's what's kind of your philosophy? Because you know, I've been in that weight room a couple of times. Like it's there, there's work getting done, but there's also some element of, of fun and you know just it feels good walking into that weight room. Like you know, so kind of expand upon that philosophy a little sure, bit. Sure, absolutely. I do. Th and you mentioned fun. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's yeah. one of the big things for me. I I think. Um, 
you know, we're always going to work hard and we're always going to put forth uh, effort in what we do, but there's no reason it can't be fun. It, it, it should be a welcoming environment. Um, and I recognize too, that a lot of athletes that come in may, that may not be their priority is lifting and they may not actually like it. Uh, every athlete loves their sport. You know, that's why they got into the sport. They're here to further their sport. A lot of them, um, like lifting because it kind of goes hand in hand and they may have experience with that, but we may have athletes that come in that have never been in a weight room before. I have athletes starting this, this year that had never stepped foot in a weight wow. room before. So wow. they had no experience. Now I need to recognize, you know, that's part of my job is recognizing that, you know, if I just throw it at them and, and really, you know, grind right off the bat, they're going to, you know, they're not going to have fun. They're going to get out of there and they're, they're not going to work hard, but if we can have fun with it, then, and they realize like, Oh, this isn't so bad. Like this is, you know, and, and then we gradually move into it. Then yeah, it's a much better environment and they're going to train harder because of that. Right now I'm going to segue real quick and just take a little tangent. What, what's the music going on in the, in the oh, uh, weight room right now? What's, <laughs> what, what are the kids listening to right now? Like, what's that, what's that pump up music? Man, we, you know, back in the day, it was like, you know, we had, you know, we had our uh, rap and we had our, you know, heavy metal, but, you know, it's, it's skewed a little bit now. Well, all the kids are into Mozart symphonies right now. That's, <laughs> that is what is hot. <laughs> That's the hot stuff right now. <laughs> no, I, you know, with music, it's, it's, uh, I was talking with my staff about that today. You know, we, we use whatever, whatever we can get. I, I don't know if you could tell I'm a little out of touch with some of the youth today. So I don't know what's hot out there. They tell me, you know, and if we can well, like little it, baby or little you know, baby, the baby, all the babies, all the babies are out there, you know, yes. the whatever, whatever we got. Um, do you see some of them going back to some classic rock? Do we got a Metallica in we there? Do. Do yeah, we got I had Zeppelin? Foreigner like, playing this morning, oh, you know, nice. with the softball group. They like some of the classic stuff. Pat Benatar. Oh, gets, nice. Gets little, little Phil bit. Collins. Little like, Phil Collins, yeah. yeah. Everybody's got to hit the drums. Oh, everybody, oh yes, exactly. Let's go. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. I think that's, but that's the fun part. Like, you know, it it's like, and that's how you connect with the, the kids. It's right. like, Hey, like we'll, we'll let you listen to what you want to listen to. Sure. If you want to listen to, you know, Little Baby or Notorious B.I.G. or whatever, we, or you want to listen to Metallica or you right. know whatever the case. Well, it's may be. part of creating ownership too. Yes. Like you want them to have a vested interest in what they're doing. And if you're the one calling the shots the whole time, you know, meaning me, if I'm just telling them what we're going to listen to, what we're going to do, day in and day out, it gets monotonous real quick. And that's part of these seasons. You know, some of these seasons are really long. Like basketball is a long season. I mean, you got to feel like you're with them 365 because I mean, you really like you well, know. And CAA rules dictate we can't. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I'm saying you get it. You know, if you were just to look from the start of the school year, you got you got preseason September, then you got the in season until March, then you take a couple weeks, then you got yep. postseason, then you get a couple weeks, then you got the summer. Like yep. Yep. it's just. You know, you got to keep it live. You got to keep it sure. fresh because some of these kids just gonna be like, "I'm back in the weight room. It's Joe again." Like God, like right. you know, it's like, come on now. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and, and whatever we can do to break up that monotony, you know, as long as it's safe. Is that like we'll Fresh that. Prince? Is that how you break up the monotony? Right? <laughs> <laughs> break all that monotony? Uh, no, that's uh, no, that's good stuff, man. So let's get to kind of more the technical aspects of it. Like, sure. what's your philosophy when it comes to weights, regardless of sport? Like, what's what do you look at? You know, you're you're a former football player. So so, you know, it's a little bit different. Like, does that kind of bleed into your philosophies when it comes to actual weight training or is it, is it different? Sure. sure. I mean, you know, my background is going to, is going to, um, play a role in what we do. A uh, bicep size is everything. Yeah. So, so I heard that. I heard that, you know, <laughs> in, in, we got some, we got some rock like creatures walking around, uh, in, uh, in our student, with our student athletes. Yep. I mean, basically it boils down to whatever the sport dictates. So, and, and, and I know that's kind of, you know, not, not, uh, uh, 
a real specific answer, but it is going to depend on the sport. You know, I, I think for power-based sports, you know, ground-based multi-joint movements is is the, the key word there. We're, we're going to do cleans, plyometrics, jumps. You know, for me, uh, like, like take a sport like basketball, you know, power dictates everything. So, Everything we do, whether it's strength work or endurance work, is down the road trying to get more power output. So can we jump higher, cut faster, move faster? Um, and then conditioning is just kind of that underlying layer. You need to be in shape. That's going to, right off the bat, cut down on injuries just being you know, in shape. Now, I'm, I'm going to stereotype a couple programs really quick, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But, you know, in my in my experience with in, in athletics, baseball and lacrosse, they, those guys tend to go after the beach muscles. Like, is that still the dude? Like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, they, I'm going to get in hot water. <laughs> uh, you, you know, like they want those biceps. They want those, you know, uh, delts and tries and all that stuff. Like, and, and, and how do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, though? Like, a, you know, it, it is a very unique aspect of the training. And, and that's, it's a kind of a philosophical question too, is do I, so I know they're going to bench and curl and I'll just say all, all athletes to say right. they're going to bench and curl on their own. So I say, do I take that away from my program and not do those exercises because I know they're going to do them on their own and, and add in, you know, pull, supplement, you yeah. know, supplement it with, with, with exercises that are going to help them. Or do I try to keep them from doing that on their own and tell them they can't lift on their own and discourage that. And again, that's, you know, it's going to go back to the head coach. It's going to go back to what they're looking for, the culture they want to build. If they're a uh, big on extra work maybe they say, Hey, look, I don't want to discourage them from doing things on their own. Is there a way that we can work around that and, and, and you know, get that if they're a big, like, Hey, we're going to do it my way and, and, you know, buy in a hundred percent then maybe they say, Hey, let's, let's keep them from doing anything on their own. And then, you know, we'll just give them extra time with you um, to get that done. No, and that makes a lot of sense. I just, I just, you know, I see that happen sometimes. You get those guys sneaking sure. in, into the weight room and, you know, like trying to get those buys well, in, in a, chest. A great man once said, uh, you know, uh, being healthy is important, but biceps are important. <laughs> Was that, is that Joe Sharp? <laughs> anyway, I, you know, and you do like to have a lot of fun, Joe. And, you know, one of the cool things is uh, the lunchtime workouts. Oh, absolutely. You know, with the coaches. Like, sure. you know, walking in there, there's usually a lot of laughter, but there's a lot of work going on. Like, how important is that for camaraderie within the department? You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, and how much fun do you have with that piece of it? Sure, sure. I uh, That started just as, you know, uh, four years ago when I came in, there was no real set time for staff to lift. And, uh, you know, all throughout my career, it's it's always been just get a lift in whenever you can get it in, you know, wherever. And the the training of the staff, I think, uh, uh, is is worse because of that. And it's a big mental aspect, you know, for us. I mean, I, we my whole staff and me, we love training. So really to carve out a time, that's what it started as was carving out a, Hey, I'm going to lift at noon. Let's not, let's, if we can, you know, let's not have athletes in here. And, right. and that's our time so that you can have at least one hour a day to lift. And then it, you know, we started inviting everyone in uh, and it kind of grew into just a staff lift. And we have, you know, coaches from other, other programs. And uh, I think it's awesome. It's, it has been just a, a, a time for coaches to get to know each other a lot better. No, I mean, it, I think it's awesome too. I mean, walking in there and, and I think the, over the last 
10 years too, you've seen that movement coaches got to understand that they got to keep their bodies in shape. It's so hard when you're recruiting and traveling, like you're eating, you're not eating the best foods and you're missing out on those workouts. If you can, you know, at least get those workouts in while you're home and that you guys open that up for them and work with them on it. Like, cause I think some of them try to do it on their own and they end up getting hurt. Like, (laughs) you know, like you have all these coaches back problems and leg problems because they don't do it right. Like, well, the the biggest thing too, is it just lets me show off in front of other coaches. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, are you, are you the best at cleans or does Will Holland have you? Know. Like I can get, there's people that beat me in every lift. I'll, uh, I'll say that. <laughs> you don't have, you, there's not one lift that you're dominant no, at? No, I'm going to be, I'm going to be humble and just say, I'm sure there's someone out there that can beat me in everything. Well, speaking about humbled, you got a little humbled today and it's with the wordle. Like oh, as yes. we talked about uh, before, we got on this. Up. As we got you, your streak of thirty got snapped today. Like you just, it just what happened there? I, you like, know, I discovered Wordle thirty-one days ago, and I had a I had an awesome streak going. I was beginning to think it was a little too easy, <laughs> and uh, today I, you know. Every row had a green block in it, and I just couldn't figure it out. Just couldn't play together. Now, is there a word that you start with uh, uh, routinely, or do you just switch it around? So I, I always start with mouth. Mouth? Yeah, I try to get the vowels out of the way. That's my strategy. So if I can figure the vowels out. All right, so I'm going to give you a strategy. This is the I word. Okay, I, use yeah. a, I use a, a do. A-D-I-E-U. Oh, see, that's all the vowels. That's, that's all the vowels. Yeah. So I'm 11 for 11 right now. I'm going to have to steal that. Uh, all right. So really just, you know, that. I stole it from the tonight show. Uh, who's, yeah. who's the guy, not Jimmy Fallon, the other guy, uh, his little sidekick. Like that's what he uses okay. like a, a, a do. So like, all right. yeah, I see sometimes I can give you some help. Hey, man. That's you a great strategy. usually I'll help take... me out in the weight room. Like I'm trying to no, help you out. Yeah. Now. I'll definitely steal that. No, that's awesome. And anything else like about what you do in strength and conditioning? Cause, cause, and I think our audience needs to know this. The strength and conditioning piece is the, is probably the most vital piece for our student athletes, physical well-being, sure. like you know, they gotta get in the weight room. They gotta work on their bodies. They gotta be in shape to be able to play their sports. So, how like do, how personal do you take that when you see the successes that we've had in our programs and some of our individual athletes? Like, how does that make you feel? Sure. Well, I guess I'm a little biased, you know, given given my, <laughs> my profession, but I do think it is an important you know piece to it, and. Um, just the holistic wellness of, of the athlete too is, is really what we're looking at. I think one of the things that's awesome about the mount that we've done in the last few years that I've been here, you know, we've grown our nutrition program. Lindsay Field, our nutritionist, has done an awesome job with athletes. We've really started to, re- you know, try to get that information out about importance of sleep, you know, taking care of your mind as well because the mind and the body are connected. Um and I think that's just an awesome service for our athletes. And, and that's something that I try to do, too, is just get them to realize that that it's a holistic thing. And if you sleep better, you eat better, you know, you're going to have more success in the classroom and on the field as well. And if you have more success on the field, that makes me look better. So that's what they should try to do. <laughs> well, I will say, like I said, the last five years have been one of the best five-year runs, especially the last couple of years, you know, culminating in, in especially during a difficult time during COVID, having five teams go to the NCAA tournament. I know you got to be excited, too, about where the mount's going in terms of facilities. I mean, what the plans are in place, you know, currently our, our current waiver room is about you know a little under 2,000 square feet and we're trying to squeeze 600 student athletes in there you know you know looking to move to a 5,000 square foot um, space you know here hopefully sure. here in the very near future is you know that's got to be exciting for you to and to be able to build that space the way you want it oh absolutely yeah it's really exciting um, and, the, and the space will have two floors uh, that's something we saw in the fall of 2020 when we moved to a two weight room model um, for the, for that 
that year because yes. we had restrictions. So we set up a, a separate weight room and really got to see the benefits of having, you know, that, that dual space. So that's our plan for the new weight room is to get kind of two floors outfitted fully so we can have multiple teams training at one time. And, and I think it's just going to be awesome. Yeah. A lot of racks, a lot of, a lot of uh, dumbbells, you know, I, you know, it's, it's exciting, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. just to be able to do what you, you know, I, I think you get a little limited with the space you have now, like sure. to fully do what you want to sure. do. And I think that's the yep. new space space is going to be be very beneficial for yeah, you absolutely yeah yeah that's awesome man wait I, I can't thank you enough for the time today man always enjoy our conversations sure. like and any last words you got for for our people out there our audience uh, uh, yeah. just hey. stay strong <laughs> love it hey and just so everyone knows there's good there's a little rib off going on uh in in the weight room and I've, i'm i'm entering in hopefully here the next week or two so uh yeah. i'm gonna try to convince joe that i had the best ribs uh in the department just a little uh more incentive to come to staff lift yes exactly exactly <laughs> Well, hey, uh, to our audience, thank you for joining us today on Leading the Way. Really appreciate it, Joe. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you guys all for our uh, for our next podcast. So appreciate everything. And uh, go Mount. Go Mount. <laughs>